Our culture might be telling you that your small daily choices don't matter, but every daily sip, bite, song, walk, prayer, chat, and snooze doesn't amount to nothing. It amounts to eternity. Welcome to the Daily Nothings Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Roach. Let's dive into what our world thinks means nothing. You guys, (laughs) these are unprecedented times. I normally start with a greeting. I normally say, <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Nothings. No. <laughs> we had to spring forward this past Sunday. <laughs> and I feel as though I'm in Europe. Like, I feel like I'm in a different <laughs> time zone entirely. Everything is wrong. My alarm goes off. It is dark as night outside. <laughs> I am so confused. I'm a little extra tired, but with exhaustion comes humor. Mm -hmm. So we are in a absolutely fantastic place today, aren't we, Megan? Hello, Megan. We are. Hi, everyone. (laughs) We're in a good... This is going to be a good one. (laughs) This is going to be a good one. Between my normal single girl first world problem exhaustion and your motherly sick child exhaustion... Mm -hmm. I think we're in a good place. Yeah, I, I think, think so. we're in a good place. <laughs> Megan, how do you come? How do you come today? <laughs> mm, I come, you know, as you said, exhausted. Sweet little Ellie mm-hmm. is a sick girl once again. It's her second cold in like two weeks. Her I hate that so much. Ever in her life. It's, That's unjust. It's unjust. She did it nothing is. to deserve such a thing. No. She really no. did. She hasn't even sinned yet in life, you know? She really hasn't. She's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i drank some coffee Courtney yeah. and i giggled and we've giggled we're, i'm really we've excited prayed. yeah i am too this, <laughs> this is gonna is be a great good, podcast yeah, it is yeah so as you know by the title we're talking about my conversion today i'm surprised always by how many people don't know that i converted to catholicism mm-hmm. And I think that's because it's in my Instagram bio, and my and in my opinion, I have I'm new to this tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> but apparently, I'm fooling everyone, and I look like I've been doing this since birth. So mm-hmm. I am a convert to Catholicism, as well as Megan, which yeah. we have touched on in previous podcasts. But today, we're really going to break down the nitty gritty of everything that happened from the very beginning to now, almost eight years in. Wow. Megan, when's your day? What's your anniversary day? Um, I think it's April 15th. Mine's April 15th. Oh, is mine April 16th then? I have a little bracelet that has the date on it. I'll go look at the bracelet and find out. That's insane. Yeah, mine is 4-15-15. Yeah, 4-15-15. And then mine was two years later in 17. Yep, that is wild. Wow, that's wild because Easter kind of comes and goes in his dates. Yeah. Anyway, we both converted and we mm-hmm. both have the same confirmation sponsor mm-hmm. and we're both new to this. And we thought mm-hmm. now is the time to get down in there and talk about what happened in the trenches. Yeah. So this is Courtney and Megan tell all. This is. This is absolutely everything you've been looking for when it comes to our stories. And I'm going to be honest with you. I hate to admit it. I hate that this is true. It's true and it's not true. Yeah. (laughs) That is 
not how that works, but <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> we are not relativists here on the Daily we are Nothing. The furthest thing from the relativists. <laughs> I want to say it, but I hate that it's true. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) My first, my first uh, desire to become Catholic was totally because of a guy. (laughs) And that is just not the cutest thing to admit. Because honestly, I think if someone was like, oh, did you become Catholic because of him? I think even now, like on the streets, if someone were to ask me that... <laughs> on the streets, as they do. On the streets, I think I would say no, because right. I don't want to admit that that is true. So many of you are good friends of mine, right? And I'm sure many of you asked me back when I converted, like, oh, are you like converting because of him? I would have said, no. How dare you even think that? Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> but let's be honest. Lord. <laughs> Yeah, and in so, exactly, in so many ways, hear me clap, (laughs) there are so many reasons that I converted that the reason why I actually converted was because I believed in the reality of the Eucharist, Mm -hmm. and I believed in the church's teachings, and that it's the one true church. Absolutely. But when I first started, it was definitely due to hormones and (laughs) um crushes and um feelings and they weren't plural they were for one man um (laughs) and i'm gonna just really try with all that i have to not say his name and if anything if anything jake can edit it with a little twiddly d if i mess up Okay, Jake. Well, beep, big beep. Yeah, it sound like they're cussing. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> yes, except this man is a dignified son of God. He is not worth a beep. He is not the equivalent no. of a swear word. No, but it would be quite funny if we did have to just blurt it out, just for the sake of his dignity. Okay, that's Amen. all we're doing here. Amen. We're just trying to have dignity, especially towards our exes. Y'all know how I feel about that. So let's start at the beginning. Let's. I was how old how old are you when you go to college 18 i just almost 18. said 15 okay. definitely not 15 <laughs> it was 2015 and i would have been i would have been 18 um going on 19 my birthday is in july so i always was one of the oldest in the class mm-hmm. and I, if you listen to the Seek podcast where I share a little bit about my testimony, um, you know, part of the story, but that was more geared towards Seek. And so I wanted to share really the whole story of my conversion. Mm -hmm. And it started at my freshman year orientation when I met this girl who was the leader of my small group. And it was all men. I clung to her like a leech. I didn't want to spend any time with any of the dudes because my heart was reserved for this man. Should we give him a name? I feel like I need a name to work with here. What should should we call him? Let's call him Joseph, my heavenly father. Okay, (laughs) Not my heavenly father. (laughs) But kind of. My father who... Was on earth and now is in heaven. A spiritual father. A spiritual father. Sure. We'll call him Joseph. So Joseph was really on my heart. And I was like, none of you scumbags in this group that is in business marketing manager or major, not manager. Um, none of you guys can have me. My heart is Joseph's. And so I clung to this girl like a leech. And she invited me to get coffee the first week of school. And so I was like, great. I already have a friend. We'll go get coffee. 
we met up and she's chatting with me and I see Joseph's brother in mm-hmm. the student center. Mm-hmm. And I freak out because I forgot that Joseph's brother goes to my school. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm going to be honest. I totally remember that he went to my school and <laughs> I in that moment was like, holy crap, he actually goes to the school. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm seeing him. In my head, college was so big that there was no chance we would ever run into each other. Right. But my psycho brain really, really hoped that we would. Mm-hmm. Um, also, backstory on this, me and Joseph were not together at this point. We mm-hmm. had dated in high school and we had been broken up for about two years at this point, but we very much were still emotionally attached to one another. Mm-hmm. Red flag. Um, and so that's why this obsession was kind of unique, right? So yeah. I'm here with this girl who I love and look up to so much. And I run into Joseph's brother and he's like, oh my gosh, Courtney, you go here? And I was like, I go here. And he was like, and you know this girl? And I was like, wait, you know this girl? You are mm-hmm. friends with this girl? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah, like we all go to the same like Catholic hangouts, blah, blah, blah. And like, we'll go swing dancing together. It's so much fun. And I'm like, hold the freaking phone. <laughs> I am totally meant to be with Joseph, this mm-hmm. random woman whom I have just met by the university's um, professional choice. Mm-hmm. It's a meet cute. I have been given <laughs> this woman to be my friend who then has a connection to Joseph's brother, who I am certain is my future brother-in-law. Like I am certain <laughs> that I will marry Joseph. And I know all of this at the, at the ripe age of 19. And mm-hmm. so therefore I will put all of my eggs in this basket to be friends with this woman that is sitting across from me. Mm-hmm. And so then Joseph's brother says, see ya. So good to see ya blah, blah, blah. We go our separate ways. She can't believe that I know him. She's a good friend of his. She's like, you should come and hang around our group some more. And I'm like, twist my arm to be affiliated with Joseph's brother. Right. (laughs) And so then with that, I pretty much was like, I'll do whatever you tell me to do to this woman. Like I was just like, you're in with the crowd that I want in with. So I'm going to do this. And so naturally she invites me to go through Greek recruitment. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about Greek recruitment. I mean, when you're in an emotionally unstable relationship, everything revolves around this person, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. only thinking about what that guy would want you to do. And I really didn't know if Joseph would be gung-ho about me going in to Greek life. But Mm -hmm. I was like, I think he would like this girl. Like, I think that he would be approving of this. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just want to do it and I'm going to sell it to him because, of course, we were still chatting on the phone. This wasn't just like a made up relationship in my head. We very much had an emotional relationship where we were talking as though we were in a relationship, but we totally weren't. We love it. Toxicity. And (laughs) so I, yeah, I went through Greek recruitment. I became a sorority girl and I pretty much did whatever it took to be in this girl's sorority. I didn't know which mm-hmm. chapter she was in um, because she was a rogamma, which means that she hides her letters when she is recruiting. Oh. But I, I guessed, did you know that? No, I didn't. Oh yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea what sorority she was in. I'm just really good at working a system. <laughs> and you so are, I is. was like, Yeah, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. So I go into her sorority. I am 
yeah, basically, I end up being her little. She's my big. I'm like, this is fantastic. All the while, I am just spending more and more and more time with Joseph. And it's like the call, like the classic college meetup, hangout, um, just mess. <laughs> like it was just <laughs> not good. Yeah. Um, and we're going to leave that there. And so that was just not the best part of my life. But I was very, very much invested in this man as he was in me mm-hmm. and there was never any type of official statement in regards to our feelings towards one another or an official relationship but unfortunately many of us have been there and you know what it's like or you yeah. might not praise god if you don't and so we have that going on and one of the times that i was at his college because we didn't go to the same school his brother was the one that went to the same school as me i went to a different school as him One of the times that I was there on a Sunday morning, we went to mass together and he was like, are you sure you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I just want to see what it's like, you know, because at that time, again, the world revolved around him. Mm -hmm. And I went and I was like, I have literally no idea what's going on. I mean, I was raised Protestant. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like intrigued by it very, very much. There was nothing in my heart that was like, I don't like this. This isn't right. Mm -hmm. It was like very welcomed. I felt very welcomed, honestly. But I also had literally no idea what was going on at all. I mean, it's so different from a Protestant service. There weren't any snacks. It was very weird. (laughs) I couldn't receive communion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I was just like, Okay, this is interesting. But I was very intrigued. And then I said that I was intrigued afterwards because Mm -hmm. I honestly was. And he was like, really? And I could tell that he was like attracted to that. Yeah. Danger zone. Okay. (laughs) So then I was like, all right, easy. I'll become Catholic for you, sir. You know, because really like at that point, it's just crazy what you'll do. It's crazy what you'll do to feel like you can be chosen and be Mm -hmm. loved. Right. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, then with just like a natural turn of events, the Lord, the Lord was there through every single part of it, which is really cool because he saw this brokenness and this desire for me to feel chosen. He saw this um, broken relationship on both of our parts because he loved Joseph so much and he loved me so much. And he had an amazing plan for both of us that would end, teaser alert, in amazing conversations of forgiveness and mutual respect, which is where we are today. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the time, we were very much both a hot mess. And if he were on this podcast, he would agree right now. (laughs) We were a train wreck in this era of 2015, 2016. And so, yeah, basically, um, meanwhile, I am still involved with my sweet girlfriend that has introduced me into Greek life and this Catholic social group, um, just of random different people on campus that are Catholic. And she invites me to her Bible study. And I mm. say, absolutely. I'm familiar with the Bible study. I'm yeah. a Protestant girlfriend. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And so I go and I get to Bible study and it's entirely Catholic. And I should have known, you know, I should have guessed. But yeah. I don't know why I was just a teeny weeny bit surprised by that, which is kind of funny. And I remember when I was there, she had me write down every single person. She had write down their favorite um, snack, their favorite Bible verse and what they were hoping to receive out of Bible study that year. And I wrote down jalapeno kettle cooked chips. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote down uh, 
gosh, what did I write down? I think it was Jeremiah. Um, I know which one you're talking about. Jeremiah 29 11. Jeremiah 29 11. That's it. Jeremiah 29 11. And I, I wrote that down strictly because it was in my best friend's Twitter bio. And that's the only one that could come to Ah, mind. Yes. Which is really sad because I grew up going to a private Christian school where I had Bible memorization tests every single Friday. And we had to step out into the hall and quote scripture (laughs) to our teacher Mm -hmm. of whatever they selected that week and then go back inside. And so I... Yeah, I wrote that down. And then for Bible, for like what I wanted to gain from Bible study that year, it was it was pretty much like I, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about the Catholic Church. And I guess I'd just like to know more about the Catholic Church. And so part of this was this like genuine curiosity that was coming from I really like this girl genuinely mm-hmm. and I would like to be better friends with her. And she seems really great. And I really like this, but also I know that Joseph really likes this too. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a fun added bonus. Like my my desires were aligning with his and I really mm-hmm. wanted that to be the case, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, basically just that was, that was a missionary's dream for someone to write down, I want to learn more about the Catholic Church and already have yeah. said yes to a Bible study. Yeah. So I pretty much had a target on my back and my forehead <laughs> and my heart, you know, just aim and shoot and I'll probably yeah. be a winner. Yeah. And I, yeah, was basically asked to like stay back at Bible study one week. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm in deep, deep trouble like something (laughs) happened because I was also an absolute hooligan at this exact same time Mm -hmm. just drinking barely wearing anything hanging (laughs) out with Joseph not really paying attention in class cheating you name it I mean I was on it and it was terrible and I was a very mediocre person and so I'm like they saw me somewhere they know something the university has contacted these people i'm out i'm getting expelled like i don't know i just was not my finest courtney at that time and they i remember i went out on the back porch of the the women's house on campus and they were like so there are a lot of great questions that you're asking in bible study any of which i do not recall to this day okay just sheer curiosity as a daughter of god which is beautiful and um yeah i basically was just told like these questions are great but we think that they could be answered better at this thing called RCIA. And we'd love for you to go give it a shot. It's not saying you're going to become Catholic. It's basically just saying that you are interested in just trying to learn more and that they'll be able to answer the questions a little bit more um, academically. And I basically was just like, thank God I'm not in trouble. (laughs) And so I was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Let's do it. That sounds great. Which now looking back is an absolutely massive commitment. And they did a great job at selling it and making it seem like it's not a big deal, but it totally is a big deal. And I don't say that for anyone that's like out there discerning whether or not they should go into RCIA. I don't say that in a way of like, okay, there's a lot of gravity to this. Tread lightly. Think it through. Totally. I completely disagree with any of that behavior. I say jump in, honestly. Just see what the Holy Spirit has to say because I was in nowhere. I was in no way going into RCIA like, I'm going to come out of this a Catholic woman. I really Mm -hmm. had, like that, that 
seemed impossible. Like, I was just right. like, yeah, I'll go. This hits on all of my people-pleasing tendencies. I'm doing this <laughs> thing for my Bible study leader, whom I want to be when I grow up, as well as this missionary that is the sweetest doe-eyed woman I've ever seen with a baby. <laughs> and I... I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to church. This is a good thing. But it wasn't anything that I was like sharing with many people. Mm-hmm. I think I, I honestly don't even know if I told Joseph. Like I was very, yeah, very quiet about it. It was, I, it's like I knew it was a big deal, but I didn't want to address that I was partaking in something that was a big deal mm-hmm. because then that makes it more real, you know? Right, right. So I just started going and I learned a lot. A lot of it confused me still. Um, But there were also so many parts of it where it was like, there are so many bits from my childhood that was very, very invested in the church, in the Protestant church Mm -hmm. that is coming together in this moment. And I am learning so much about so many pieces that I have heard and been educated on up until this age of 19 and it's all coming together as though I can finally see the entire picture. Mm. It's like there were so many nuggets that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then now it's starting to make more sense of like when the church even started, like when Christianity even began Mm -hmm. and why we do what we do and why they're suffering in the world and what it means when Jesus said, this is my body. I under, okay, to backtrack on that, when they said, when they started teaching about the Eucharist, I remember I was like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. This literal approach, I'll Mm -hmm. take it. But also I don't believe you and that's okay that I don't believe you. Like in your Protestant church. Yeah, we, I went to so many different Protestant churches growing yeah. up. So like yeah. my my church that I was baptized in was the Methodist church. Okay. And fun fact, when you're baptized, it's one and done. All of yes. the extra times that you get baptized as a Protestant, it doesn't mean anything. And that's just a very harsh opinion. Mm-hmm. But when you're baptized at the very beginning, that is your baptism. Outside mm-hmm. of that, when you get baptized again in the Protestant church, that is you saying that I would like to be born again that is something like um because i was baptized gosh i don't even know how many times <laughs> like so many times yeah, yeah um but i think that actually in my opinion and i'm sure that i might tussle some feathers with this but i think that that craving when you are a protestant and you want to be baptized again is the similar craving that you have as a human being to go to confession mm-hmm. and to be renewed and to be given a new life and a new chance mm-hmm. and a new opportunity um but that first baptism is what counts across the board so i didn't have to get rebaptized when i was um, coming into the catholic church mm-hmm. but when it comes to communion at first we were given the gold tray with a little tiny grape shoot grape juice shot glasses mm-hmm. and and the little, um, I think that we were given, yeah, there was like a little pile of little communion wafers in the middle, like little tiny squares. Oh, okay. And then later on, we did the sourdough dunked in the grape juice. Uh-huh. Those were yummy. Um, <laughs> and that's really all I can remember. Okay. Yeah. What was yours like, Megan? Um. I went to like a mega church for a while before I was Catholic and they just kind of had a tray with, it was like two little cups, like the little cup that had the bread in it and then a little cup on top of the grape juice. And once a month they'd pass it It around and everyone would get it. Yes. And you'd all take it at the same time as like a community event. Yeah. 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 
I think that I re- I'm remembering two, the two cups mm-hmm. and the one being a little tiny soft cube of like white bread. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I remember that. Those were always better than the little wafers. Yeah. And obviously it was like taught as bread. just a symbol of the Last Supper, nothing more than a symbol. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, and so I, when I first heard that in RCIA, I was still like, there's literally no way that Jesus is on earth um, with us. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. Right. I disagree. But that's okay because I was relativistic, right? I was very mm-hmm. like... That's okay that I don't understand that. So many other parts are intriguing to me. I can do this with believing in those parts. And then you can believe in that hullabaloo that you just taught me. And I don't have to. And that's okay because that's your vision and that's your opinion. And that's fine. Um, I hate that that's how I was. I -hmm. absolutely hate it. And it. this might be a little harsh, but I'm going to say it. Yeah. Please cut that out. If you are in that type of behavior and you are currently Protestant or currently Catholic or currently Buddhist, I don't know. I don't know how far out this audience is going. (laughs) If you are saying it's okay that you do that, I'm going to continue to do this. I beg of you to never say that again. Like, please plant your feet firmly where you are. I beg you to try to plant those feet in Jesus's feet and to walk as though you are with Jesus at all times and stand firm in his extremely firm, true, beautiful opinion and teaching and to walk in that truth and to not continue this lukewarm, you do you, I'll do me behavior. It is delaying the spread of the truth of the gospel at a alarming rate and I really want us to be better, me included. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's not too harsh. But no, call us out. I think it's just needed. I really do. I'm recently convicted because I just uh, gave a talk to a lot of uh, relativistic high schoolers. And <laughs> if any of them are listening, I love you. Um, let's hang out soon and keep chatting. Truly, <laughs> it was an eye opening conversation. Um, But yeah, it was just very crazy. It was very, very eye-opening this past weekend to be made aware again of the real issue that is relativism, which is pretty much just having a soft opinion about everything and nothing really matters, which is the backbone of this mission that I have as this podcast host. So I care a lot. Anyway, back to our story. (laughs) Any other (laughs) thoughts on that, Megan, before I get back on? I kind of just went off on a side tangent. Um, I did have one thought. And it's yeah. kind of just like a little plug just because we're talking about the Eucharist and kind of like, ah, whatever, not a big deal. If you're like sure. curious about what the Catholic Church teaches on the Eucharist and you want to know where it came from, I read this amazing book and I just wanted to throw it out there. It's called yeah. Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist mm, by yeah, Brant you love that Petrie. Book. It's so good. And if you are like... Could God literally come down to earth and really want me to consume him? If that's a question on your heart, I would definitely pick up that book and hear what it has to say because it's very enlightening and your conviction will just be just way greater. So I wanted to just throw that in as we're talking about the Eucharist, but you can continue with your story now. I love that. We'll put that in the show notes. And yes, um, yes. the other thing I want to say with that too is... 
I beg you to just, uh, when it comes to the hard topics of the Catholic Church, that you're like, there's just no way. Even if you're Catholic and you have been your whole life and you're having a season of doubt where you're like, there's just no way. Can you just take a second with me and think about what God's capable of? It's, it's crazy when you think about what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. When you think about the miracles that actually happened when he was here walking the earth, when Jesus was among us, and what actually happened with his hands and feet, it's not like he's gotten less powerful since Jesus ascended into heaven. Like, his power is still very much that powerful. He is God of all. And you don't think that he could come and be in a little host of bread for us every single day? Like, that's so doable. Anything is so doable with God. Anything. So just really try to soften your hearts and receive as I continue to share this story. Because I can just feel and think of people with their defenses probably coming up with some of the things that I have to say. And everything that I have to say is out of extreme love and passion and zeal for Christ. And that, I hope, is of pure intent. And I sat here before I started sharing this story. And I just sat in silence in my closet and prayed about it because I just want it to be only words from him. So please try to let these words penetrate your heart from him through my mouth to you. Because that's the only way that I actually got into the church with pure intent. Mm. I mean, it literally started with, oh, maybe I'll finally get this guy to commit to me if I become Catholic. Yowza. Mm. Okay. He uses all <laughs> things. So back to our regularly, regularly scheduled program. Mm-hmm. Where was I even? I was starting to go to RCIA. Is that where I left mm-hmm. off? Yes. Yeah. You weren't very intrigued with the Eucharist, but you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, okay yeah, yeah. if I don't believe it. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and so, yeah, at that point... Um, my sweet pal that has gotten me into RCIA, she was not my sponsor at the time. And when you're in RCIA, you have a sponsor and they're Catholic and they walk you through all of the classes um, and come with you to the classes and answer questions. They kind of sit with you in small groups. It's really just because this is kind of an overwhelming process to go through. Mm-hmm. And so they're very much there for emotional support, for questions, for friendship, um, saints go in twos. So you got to have a little buddy to help you along the way, you know? So at first I was actually with another missionary and I didn't know this at the time. I thought that she was my like sponsor, but mm-hmm. she actually was like, I'm just filling in until we can find someone that can really be your sponsor because I don't have mm-hmm. the availability to do so. And I remember being so upset when I found that oh, out. Yeah. But then I found out the tasks of a focused missionary and I was like, oh, duh. Like, huh. no, you did not have time for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Um, let you know me. No, you know what I mean? And so then my sweet friend was like, I would love to be your sponsor. And I asked her. I think when we were on our way to our sorority initiation Mm. and it was really cool because when I asked her, then she returned and asked me if I would like to be um, her disciple, which at that time I was like, I don't really know what that means. That's kind of a weird term, but for a focus, a discipleship is kind of this like deeper yes to be a student missionary and to mm-hmm. be more evangelical. And I think that they just saw so much zeal in my heart and desire to say yes mm-hmm. Um that they were like, yeah, this is something that really needs to happen for Courtney. And so she asked me, and I remember it being this really big, deep thing. We were listening to Taylor Swift's 1989 album because it came mm-hmm. out that year. That was all we listened to. And we were driving in our white dresses to initiation. And she like turned it down and pulled out this paper and asked me a series of questions. And I was like, this is so intense. <laughs> Focus has changed their discipleship invitation at this point. But yeah. she was really asking me if I wanted to say fully yes to the gospel that is... Um, 
our invitation to be disciples from Jesus. And I said, yes. And then after that, it was just, it was so much even more beautiful because what really got me was not just RCIA and the education that I was receiving from RCIA. It was also that companionship with this girl. Mm -hmm. And it was this companionship that came with, Hey, come over. I picked up Taco Bell. I want to teach you how to pray the rosary. Okay. First off, you picked me up a Crunchwrap Supreme. You really (laughs) do love me. Secondly, the rosary scares me to death, but I would love to learn. And no one has ever said I'd love to teach you. And so I just started to figure it out. And I had no idea what I was doing. And she never made me feel stupid. And I messed it up so many times, even with a little pamphlet. But I was obsessed with figuring it out. And that was the Holy Spirit. That was Mary's spouse, clearly. Because it was like, yeah, why on earth would a Protestant girl who's a hot mess outside of the church, truly, because I was still a hot mess, even in all of this, why would I care to learn to pray the rosary Mm -hmm. that makes no sense except for divine intervention which is the holy spirit and him just pulling me in and being like yeah get to know my spouse she's the best you know yeah and so it's just crazy because i think back on that and yeah i had this girl leading me and teaching me i was learning how to pray the rosary and practicing it i wouldn't go to sleep unless i prayed the rosary before i went to bed every Mm -hmm. single night wasn't even catholic yet i was going to rcia i was going to bible study i was um learning more and more every single week but i was still very very um torn i was still going to parties and um not drinking which is unique but only because Joseph said he didn't like it when I drank. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like still very much like wrapped up in Joseph. um, Unfortunately for years, even after becoming Catholic, but it like, it really did start to shift. And when I was praying about sharing this beforehand, I was like, yeah, Jesus, there's something in me that isn't like sitting right with this whole, I became Catholic because of Mm -hmm my ex-boyfriend and it's because it's not entirely true which is why i said this is true and not true and jesus very clearly looked at me and pointed at my heart and he said i want you to share what happened in there that's my favorite part and when he was pointing at my heart i just like there was this um there was this desire for greatness it was like this new world opened Mm -hmm. up to me where this door was unlocked and it was like an Alice in Wonderland moment of like, wait, there's this much more to life. Like Christianity to me was just something that I did because it was right. Mm -hmm. Christianity was the right thing to do. It was the good person thing to do. I never felt like when I asked Jesus to forgive my sins before I went to bed, that it actually worked. I was always in a panic of like, I don't know if this is working. I was terrified of hell. I was going to church because I was really forced to go because my parents are good Christian parents. Mm -hmm. They still are great Christian parents and they support me entirely in this conversion because I'm still the only Catholic. And yeah, it's just, it's so unique how much my heart was like, this is better. Like I remember specifically there was one night when I was in college when I had a car full of drunk girls in my car And I wasn't drunk driving, but I had had, I think, a beer. So technically, Mm -hmm. if I would have gotten pulled over, I would have had alcohol in my breath as an underage student, right? Mm -hmm. And I would have been, obviously, in deep, deep doo-doo. And I remember I was panicking. And we were all dressed very um, immodestly. 
Mm-hmm. And we were coming back from a frat party and I was freaking out because one of the girls in the car at a stop sign where the cop was on the other side of the stop light. It was a stop light, not a stop sign. Um, there was a cop on the other side, like facing me stop light. Mm-hmm. And then there was me. One of the girls in the back seat got out of the car and just started yakking in oh the road. My gosh, No. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Um, I'm going to get pulled over. I'm going to get in so much trouble. They're all going to get in so much trouble. And I was going to have to turn right to pull into my apartment complex. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I can't go into my home because he will follow me and that will be where it happens. So I need to drive around for a second and see if he's going to follow me. So I turned left instead of right. He didn't Mm -hmm. follow me. And I was like, okay, where do I go? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I kept driving and I ended up at the women's house, Mm. which was a house full of five women. One of them being the girl that's my Bible study leader and confirmation sponsor and big. And all of these girls were like, just really sweet church girls, like mm-hmm. not partiers. They dress modestly. They were just good women, you know? Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I think that so many women that were in my position, the women of the car would assume that the women of the house would judge us mm-hmm. and that they would never, ever even explain that they were going to a party that night if they were mm-hmm. to see them the next day. Right. Yeah. But I walked up and I called my girlfriend and I was like, Hey, I'm here. It's an emergency. I need your help. And instantly all of the women are up in the house, the whole house. They help me carry girls in. They take the girls clothes off. They help them shower, not to sound creepy, but you know what I mean? Girl, yeah, like yeah. girls helping each other out. Yeah. They help them get dressed. I mean, we're talking like hammered. Right. right. And, They give them their beds for the night. These girls sleep on the couch and give the girls that I brought over their beds for the night. They give them snacks and water. I mean, it's full out love. Yeah. And I was not even humiliated. I was grateful. I was so grateful. And I was like, this is love. This is friendship. This is it. And I haven't encountered this before. And... I was so moved. And after that night, I was just so convicted of like, I want to be this. I want to be that girl that's in her bed, life together, sober and ready to help. And Mm. I really feel like that that night was a night that switched for me. And it really like that night kind of was the turning point where I still like Joseph still had this power over me, even through my conversion. And it's like, it's sad to admit that, but like, that was, I think when the desire really shifted of like, no, I want to be a really loving and honest woman. And it was in the Catholic church that I witnessed that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's really beautiful when I think back on that night and how much love me and my friends were shown and how much there was just no judgment even the next morning. Um, So cool. It's just so cool. And I'm still friends with many of those women that were in the women's house today. And that's just an awesome blessing. And so, yeah, then moving on, I, um, I continued to go through RCIA. I, uh, told my, my family at spring break that year that I was going to go through with becoming Catholic and they hadn't even known that I was Mm. even thinking about it at that point. Um, But yeah, it went really, really 
uniquely were really like the biggest takeaways from that were that at first my my dad thought that it was a part of a club that I was interested in and then later it was really my love for Jesus that sold him on it and we were driving around in California with the windows down and I was just blasting worship music and he looked at me and he turned down the music and he goes you really love Jesus don't you and I said I do and he said, if that's what this is about, then I'll be there. I'll be at your confirmation mass, oh. which is an extremely long mass, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we all know Saturday Night Vigil. Yes. And they thought that that was what every Sunday was like because, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, classic mix up. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was just insane. I was being supported. I was being held. I was being taken care of by Jesus um, the whole time. And yeah, I I really can't. I don't know. Just so much happened. I feel like I could go on and on and on forever, but I know we're getting close to time, Megan. So I guess with you knowing my story, um, what else would you like me to share going on from here? Yeah, I guess maybe, maybe you could just talk about where your deeper conversion happened. I think this is the case with a lot of converts. It's like, yes, you go through confirmation. It's great, but you're still not quite there yet because it takes time sure. to figure it out and like to truly understand the Eucharist and to fall in love with the Eucharist. And I feel like that's yeah. something that's been on your heart a lot recently. So I guess maybe like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you have like yeah. a moment where you feel like you yeah. really fell in love with the Eucharist? Yeah. I actually think it was right before I went to spring break with my family and, mm-hmm. um, was about to share that I was going to become Catholic because I knew that I had to. We were in our CIA and they were like, okay, when you come back from spring break, um, we need you to have a decision on whether or not you're actually going to go through with this. Because mm-hmm. then there's the right of the election and right. all of these other like ceremonial masses that you go through when you become Catholic. Yeah. And so at the end of that class, they brought out a monstrance um, And Jesus was in the monstrance and they kind of explained like, this is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord. Uh, We believe this in the Catholic church to be true. Talk to him as though he's just sitting right in front of you. And I can still picture where I was sitting. Mm -hmm. I was at the front, front, right side of St. John's in Indianapolis. And the monstrance was on this little table that was right in the middle. It was the offertory table that they would like put the bread and wine on. Um, And they brought it really close to us so that we could really see it because it was such a learning opportunity. And yeah, I remember they put Jesus up and I talked to him as though he was in front of me. I've always been good at imaginatory things. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, I'll just imagine that you're here. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And I basically said like, okay, Lord, they say that you're here. They say that you're right in front of me. I don't know if I believe that or not, but I would really love it if you could make it clear to me whether or not I need to become Catholic and whether or not I need to like fully go through with this because Mm -hmm it's going to be a hard conversation and I don't know if I want to have it, but if you want me to do this, I will, you know, Yeah. obviously it was a little bit differently worded. It's been eight years since I said that prayer, but the gist was that, and I just sat there and waited and I didn't have to wait long because instantly my body was just covered in goosebumps and I just started tearing up and crying. And it was just one of those moments where you're like, this is it. I, know that this is Jesus. I know that 
I know that this is him speaking to me. And when I say I know that this is Jesus, it was that I know he was present, but I wasn't Mm -hmm. at the full point yet of truly fully believing that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. I believed it more in that moment, but it took me actually a few years to fully actually believe that that right there in the consecration is Jesus Christ right Mm now in the present Mm -hmm. with me living heart beating on the altar. That's him. Like it was very hard for me to really get there. And so, yeah, in that moment though, in adoration, my first adoration, I was just like, okay, that's it. This is him. He wants me to become Catholic. I'm going to become Catholic. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to get a lot of those accusatory phrases of like, okay, you're doing this because of Joseph. You're doing this because of Joseph, blah, blah, blah. And I was getting really frustrated because it was like, yes, this started out as doing it because of Joseph. But Jesus took that and literally turned the beat around and was like, actually, we're going to take these broken tendencies and this obsession that you have with a relationship that you shouldn't be in. And I'm going to bring you to the Eucharist. And as you're running downhill, I'm going to grab your hand and yank you uphill because my daughter, you are not doing that anymore. I have had Mm -hmm. it. We're done. Mm -hmm. And pulling me back up and me letting go and running back down and him pulling me back up. I mean, that is just my constant relationship with him. That's what we always experience. Mm -hmm. That's called his mercy. Mm -hmm. And I had really just started to experience it. And so it was frustrating for me when so many people would ask me, are you doing this because of Joseph? And I was like, no, but I mean, the thing was, I was for a certain reason, but Jesus mm-hmm. just redeemed that evermore. He does that with all of us all of the time. Mm-hmm. Every conversion story, we might yeah. have a broken intention going into something and he can just totally rearrange it and make it something beautiful. Um, And so, yeah, I would say after that, I went through all of the ceremonies. I became Catholic. Joseph actually served at my mass, which is hilarious. (laughs) Um, And I was really sure that like, yeah, this was going to be it and that we would end up together. Mm -hmm. We did not. Obviously, I am single to this day. And for a few years after my conversion, we tried to um, make it work. Mm hmm. For quite a few years, actually. (laughs) And it just didn't work. And it wasn't the Lord's will. And to kind of go off topic of the conversion for a second and talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness is truly so essential. I feel like we don't. um, It says Jesus says this in the Bible, but. To really forgive someone is how you can actually make progress. And thanks be to God, Joseph and I met up and had a really, really great conversation about four years ago now mm-hmm. and just had deep, deep forgiveness. And I've gone on healing the whole person retreats and met with priests and continued to forgive and to let go and to be healed because it actually can happen. Healing mm-hmm. can and will happen. Our Lord is that good <laughs> to this day. He is healing us, and I hold no resentment in my heart now with Joseph, Um, and I really wanted to be explicit with that because obviously with Hometown Connections, Joseph could hear this podcast, and I just wanted to be clear with that, and again, never slander um, when it comes to an ex, and I want to encourage you all to do that as well. So that being said aside, yeah, I would say that a few years later when I was at, gosh, what would that have been? 
I think it was my first SLS with Focus, which was the Student Leadership Summit. I was at a Jason Everett talk, and Jason Everett is a really great Catholic speaker. He has a lot Mm -hmm. of great passion and zeal, and he talks really fast. (laughs) And he was talking about Eucharistic miracles, and he was sharing the iconic one that happened in Buenos Aires. And it was, yeah, just like mind-blowing to me. I'd never, ever heard that story of when literally there was science done on a host that was consecrated in mass and started to bleed before the priest's eyes and they literally took that that piece of bread that was transformed into flesh in the consecration in the mass did scientific studies on it did research on it and scientifically the mm-hmm. scientist declared it as a piece of flesh from the heart of a man that lived in the Middle East that was 33 years old and it was still beating as though it was alive scientifically. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the scientist wasn't even Catholic. Like he was a totally right. separate scientist. It was nothing to do with the church. It wasn't like the Pope hired him to come in. There was no like infiltrating that was going on. It was yeah. just scientifically. This is what is being said. And I was like, fine, I'm in like that is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane to me. And I I miss that. I miss that so much. And I know that I'm going a little bit longer than our time, right? Whatever. Yeah. Deal with it. Yep. I I really 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 cannot explain it. like there's something that happens and Megan you can probably speak into this when you are going through a conversion everyone says oh my gosh soak up that time like the zeal yeah. and the the excitement that you're experiencing right now it will fade I remember yeah. going through that and I was like fat chance this will never fade the yeah. Lord is so good to me I will rejoice in his name for the rest of my days <laughs> and nothing could have stopped me I was at every church event I was at every Bible study I was hosting Bible studies I was hosting parties I was a missionary on campus I was confident I said no to bad things I fell a few times but you know that's just the way that it goes and yes. I was just like an unstoppable force of nature for the Catholic Church and I wanted every single person I'd ever met to know that I converted to Catholicism mm-hmm. I was obsessed with it mm-hmm And I obviously still have this missionary heart, right? Here I am on the mic. Yeah. Yeah. But it does fade. It's sad, but it does. I'm eight years in now. Can't believe it. But it does. And I really, really, truly, I want us to really try to be better at recognizing how gorgeous it is that we have the Eucharist at our disposal. Protestant, Catholic, whatever. Jesus Christ in the flesh is among us right now. And if we all really believed that, we would be getting up and running to the chapel to go spend time with him. Mm -hmm. We would be moving and grooving always towards the chapel. And I just am like, yeah, I want to be better at that. I want to go and live as though I really believe in Jesus. I really believe in the Eucharist. And I think that with that, my clothing, my not clothing, my clothing remarks, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my closing remarks with this is yesterday I went to confession and the priest is such a great priest. My parish priest is amazing. Mm. And we were reflecting on the gospel from this past Sunday with the woman at the well. And when Jesus says, if you really believed in, or if you knew who was asking you for water, oh, what does he say? Me butchering scripture. What else is new? If you knew who you were, who was asking for a drink, you would ask him for living water and you would never thirst again. Right. Yeah. And yeah, 
it's just so good because he's like, if we knew who Jesus was, we would ask big. If we knew who Jesus was, we would show up. If we knew who Jesus was, we would believe that he would give us the the desire to do those good and holy things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like, do we know who Jesus is? Are we aware of the magnitude of our Lord and Savior? Or are we just going about the faith because it's the good thing to do? The way that I was before I ever converted to the Catholic Church. Am I just going about it because this is what Americans do? We're Christian. Or are you really convicted that Jesus Christ is who he says he is? That he has the power to go and be in a teeny tiny host that is the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity to sit in front of him and to be completely transformed by his presence. Do you believe that that's possible? Are you putting God in a box or do you believe that he's this big and that he loves this much? This is something that I'm wrestling with and really trying to show up more for um, and really be present and believe that this is the power of the Eucharist. This is the power of my love um, and the power of the Catholic church. So good. Yeah. So any, any closing remarks, Megan? I think you just wrapped it up so beautifully so we can leave it there. I love it so much. Amazing. Maybe someday we'll hear Megan's conversion story too, because it's wild that we're both converts, but um, Yeah. yeah, just go and ask questions, be kind, teach with a merciful heart. Don't be afraid to ask big, both from the Lord Mm -hmm. and from others. Mm -hmm. And Pray especially for all of those that are in RCIA right now that are going to be entering yeah. into the Catholic Church in just a few weeks because this is like the most mm-hmm. exciting, crazy time. So praise yeah. God for he is merciful and good. He uses our broken desires and transforms them into something as powerful as becoming Catholic for the right reasons. And yes. yeah, just ask questions. If there's anything that comes up from this podcast that you're like, I don't agree with you, Courtney, let me know. Let's chat about it. I'm ready yeah. to go. Let's do it. So thank you guys for listening. Happy Lent. And let's just keep preparing for Easter. Cheers. Let's do it. Bye.